Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hi, this is Celine Williams, hosting from Ontario for Canada's podcast. My guest today is Denise Bebenek. She's the founder, president, and driving force behind Megan Bebenek Foundation, creating a circle of hope. Welcome, Denise. Hello. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you today, and I'd love to start with a little bit of the story behind the Megan Bebenek Foundation, creating a circle of hope, uh, where it came from, what it means to you, because I know it's important. Okay, so. Um... I'm a mom of of three children, and um, the story starts with uh, our youngest daughter, Megan. Um, And at four years old, uh, sadly, uh, she was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. Mm. Um, And we had no idea at the time of the seriousness of brain tumors in children. Um, What happened was it was just before Christmas 2000. And I noticed um, a lot of changes in Meg um, that weren't typical, of course, um, headaches and walking with a head slant. Um, and as it became progressively worse, um, I decided I didn't want to have Christmas until I found out more about what was happening. Mm. So we took her down on December 22nd uh, to sick kids here in Toronto, which truly ended up being the longest day of my life. Um, we thought maybe she had an ear infection or something of that mm-hmm. sort. Um, and then throughout a number of, of scans and tests, I know um, the doctor had a hard time telling us, as he would for any family, um, and incomprehensible. What does that mean when it's inoperable mm-hmm. and it's malignant and it's a brain tumor? Um, and so fast forward, um, when we sadly lost her in, in 2001 on Father's Day, um, I kept saying to the doctors, this is a number one cause of death. What's being done for all the other Megans waiting um, for someone to help them? Um, and recognizing that it's not just the child's diagnosis, it's really the family's diagnosis. And so the doctor said, you know, good question. We've been waiting for somebody to put the seriousness of this disease on the map. So um, I kept, um, as we left the hospital that day, um, I was surrounded by an incredible community here in Toronto who embraced us with love and hope when Meg was sick. Uh, There was a grade eight student at her school that was reading the thousand cranes of hope. And so the school decided to make a thousand cranes in hope that it might help and heal Megan in her journey. And I witnessed really miracles, I still call them, in that short six months that we had her following her diagnosis. When a whole school community came together in love to embrace and hug Megan. And um, they indeed made the thousand cranes and they decorated the whole school. And we actually did a crane ceremony where we put Megan down in the middle of this yard and all of her classmates and students and teachers and even people in the community came together, wrote their messages on the crane and put them in a basket. And they created this hug around her. And people just looked at me and just went like, it's to this day even hard to put words to. Um, It really was the power of hope 
and compassion when somebody is suffering, especially a young person. Mm. And so when I drove away that day, I kept remembering about how this school community held us up in what indeed um, is the most difficult time of of a family's life is is having a child that's diagnosed with such a serious illness. Um, Never mind having to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. And so I thought no parent should ever have to walk that path. I knew there were too many other Megans waiting for somebody to help them. And as I drove away, I pulled over and I envisioned this human hug around the hospital that treated her knowing that it was indeed the best medicine from what I experienced, from what I witnessed through that um, time with her in the school. And so I continued to keep dreaming about this human hug and thinking about what can we do to help the others. I'm a former teacher, so I loved kids. I was always involved in in, with children growing up as a beach counselor. And I was uh, very fortunate to travel quite a bit in my earlier years to different parts of the world and saw through a kibbutz in Israel how families lived there, through working with the Maasai in Africa. The, how the, the the community and families work there. And, and through my travels through Europe, um, there's a common thread of community and of collaborative um, essence of, of coming together and just holding each other up in, in good times too and bad. So after that a, a time of uh, that I kept thinking about this hug, I had a meeting in my kitchen. And I gathered people who I knew, a teacher, uh, somebody in business, communications, media, um, people in different disciplines that I knew would be part of what I wanted to try to achieve in this vision, mm-hmm. knowing it wasn't just my vision. It was a communal vision for the doctors, for researchers, for children who were sick, being a former teacher for children that are healthy, a chance to really put the seriousness of brain tumors on the map. but but. Um, try to bring to fruition what I was thinking about the greatest gift really is our lives and our children and the preciousness of that gift of life. And and remembering that it's important never to take that for granted. So the long story short there, after this meeting, I booked a meeting down at City Hall and I tried to explain my vision to the chief police officer at the time, and this the lady who was in charge of city events. And everybody just stopped and looked at me and said, what? You want a permit to hug a hospital? That takes hundreds of people. You've just lost your child. Um, you need time to grieve and, and bereave and, and everything else. And I just said, there's, there's definitely no time. These children are counting on us. I'll have lots of time. Um, it's too important. Um, please, I'm asking you to consider it. So the next morning, I get a knock at my door, and two of the head city of Toronto officials, with tears in their eyes and a permit in their hand, said, serendipity or what? The only day we can shut down the streets in the city of Toronto is Mother's Day. So you go for it. We are behind you. And then the action started. 
And we started having meetings of what does this look like? Um, and I envisioned a walk for the children, but I knew that there were so many families that needed to celebrate their children that had, had left the, the earth. And then I knew there was too many kids waiting for us to put the seriousness on, on the map of, of brain tumors in children. Um, but I also wanted to encourage school teams um, and, and families of all walks of life and people, you know, coming and walking together um, for their child, for children, for humanity. Um, and so we, we got everything set up at an events level. And we met down at Ontario Place where we started at the time. And the first walk, um, people still remember it was horrendous. It was, they called it the storm of the century. And I remember a doctor walking with me and turning to me and saying, you always talk to us about the power of the human spirit. And I said, absolutely. Megan was a bit of a monkey. And so I said, she's going to make sure that nothing is going to stop the power of the human hug, which in all of our hearts, indeed, is the best medicine for anyone that suffers, never mind our children. Um, so 800 people, fingertip to fingertip, that first hug back in 2001 on Mother's Day. And when that last hand was joined and everybody People came in in buses and planes and from all different uh, walks of life, standing united for their children who were suffering, for their children who had left the earth far too early, and for their children that were healthy in, in gratitude and in union um, and really celebrating what are we here for on this earth at the end of the day, to love each other and to stand beside each other, and to help those who suffer feel less alone in their journeys. And so we all looked up, and we decided that when that last hand was joined in that human circle of humanity, a balloon would go up. And so when we saw that balloon go up, um, we did find out that indeed it was the first human hug of its kind ever done in the world here in Toronto. Um, and that started the journey of what at the time was called Megan's Hug, um, Megan's Walk. And then we moved to Megan's Hug. And then a few years past our first hug, we moved out to our um, own foundation, um, recognizing through various doctors that um, through a fellowship program that we have, um, have came in from different parts of the world to work here in Toronto. Um, which is one of our, our I, in my humble opinion, our greatest um, achievements is this fellowship program. And once I found out how many researchers and doctors started to become involved, um, they live here for a couple of years, they study, they go back to their countries, of which uh, since now has been Spain, um, Czech Republic, Denmark, Brazil, Argentina, um, India. Turkey, Sweden, Australia, and they are all um, working collaboratively, which is the essence of our um, research model is collaboration. Um, and when so many people, doctors, communities felt the power of the hug, and now 22 um, years later, the impact that we I always say, it's not just about me and Megan. It's a, a, a team of incredible human beings around our planet 
who've stood united for these children. And when I found out that indeed people were starting to recognize that this was not just a local Toronto vision, and Toronto should be extremely proud that this is where the human hug first started, that forever, it's right from the beginning, it's been a global vision. Um, I knew the importance of getting our own foundation um, because the hug on Mother's Day has become one of our many activities that happens throughout the calendar year. I always say we're 365 and um, we we've em- embraced a lot of communities, which has helped us get louder in, in our research opportunities for these children. Our hosts come from all corners of Canada, bringing diverse perspectives and insights to the table. Canadaspodcast.com. Subscribe now. You have an incredibly powerful story. Thank you for sharing the beginnings of and the catalyst for the foundation. I'm, it's, it's incredibly meaningful and I, I don't want to gloss over the gratitude I have for you sharing that. Um, and I'm, I am curious when you say that the hug was the start of it, that of the start, and now there are many more activities and obviously the foundation has grown and expanded significantly since 2000, 2001. Um, what are some of the other activities of the foundation? And also, what are some of the impacts that you're, and I, re- I know you mentioned the fellowship, but what are some of the impacts that you're most proud of at this point in time, 22-ish years later? So um, what we, how we started was with volunteers. And um, I think one of our success stories, our impact, what I'm most mm. proud of, is we have over 60. Many, most of them have been with us since the beginning. Again, from all walks of life, from different parts of the city. And so how we worked that out was we started various teams. Again, being a teacher, I thought it was very important to get into the school system. And we started a Kids Helping Kids school program where we did activities, dress down days and pizza days and encouraged the the kids to um, fundraise uh, for uh, um, pediatric brain tumor research. But I realized there were a lot of kids that were struggling in their own way. Um, the little Johnnies that the teacher would tell me who were at the back of the class, always so quiet. And then after a Megan's Hug Spirit Day, they were right in the front, feeling empowered, you know, ready to to help out. And, um, and that was um, really important to me because that whole presence of determination and empowerment and leadership these are kids who are going to um, be an important part of our future. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to encourage them, which is why I started this school program. And we did, um, we called them Spirit Day, Spirit Weeks. And then at the end of the, the Spirit Week, they actually hugged their school. And I've had some principals on the roof taking pictures saying, Denise, we never would have imagined a a human hug around our school. But but every school has a Megan. And every school has children that struggle. And, mm-hmm. and I can see the impact of so many schools now that have um, come to um, join our, our, our community um, in, in what we do for these kids. We also have an arts team. 
whereby I used to work in in music and some of the artists that I knew, um, we had talked about just that opportunity of getting louder and offering our gifts to these kids who who need us. And so we started various um, community events across pretty well Ontario, um, where we would do theater nights, um, artists um, coming together and singing Gravenhurst Opera House. Um, we did a, through the pandemic, a Honks for Hope, where which was quite a, a challenging time. Speaking of um, what I, I, we have been proud of in Impact is that through those couple of years, we were still able to um, come together and share our message of hope for these kids. They don't get a break and, and they need our, our support even more so through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Jim Cuddy and his um, sons, speaking of artists, put their hands up and uh, along with other artists um, who came together and the, the kids came in their cars, their family car. So it was safe. And they watched the concert and we shared our message. Um, we have um, a uh, school team, um, arts team, and we have a community engagement team. So we run various events throughout the calendar year um, to celebrate our message of hope. And um, we've been, it's been amazing. We've had various people throughout the country doing um, various holiday events, again, uh, food drives, um, spirit days within their community to to share our message of hope. And, um, and then we've got a communications team where people will be finding avenues and areas of being able to share our message. Um, and then the impact is, it has definitely been global in, um, as I say, the fellowship program, the, um, the Brain Tumor Research Centre here in Toronto um, is the largest in Canada. And we have been told by the doctors there that um, Megan Bebanet Foundation has played a very significant role in in growing that. We started out with about six or eight principal investigators, and now there's over a hundred. Um, and our essence is collaboration. I'm a big believer in collaborative research and opportunities um, to share um, wisdom and knowledge. And and so we we've given out quite a few seed grants that um, then collect data and. Um, much more significant research opportunities from those. Um, they're able to apply for uh, clinical t- trial opportunities. Um, and just in the last few years, we've been told that we are um, we've played a very significant role in a new clinical trial that has just come to fruition for sick kids in Sunnybrook. Um, and it's really exciting because um, it's um, MRI-guided ultrasound that helps deliver chemotherapy to a, a very um, difficult uh, tumor, um, which Megan had, DIPG. And we've never been able to get this far. There's been many clinical trials in very hard-to-treat brain tumors. Mm. Um, and so we need to keep pushing forward. But we have played a very significant role in this. And the doctors are very excited about what's happening now with this. And um, again, I'm a big believer in collaborative um, opportunities that the doctors and researchers are quite connected at the BTRC, utilizing the tumor bank there. And that's something that because of Megan Bevanet Foundation, we have supported in purchasing that mm-hmm. so that they can, for their own data and research, um, collect various samples and use it together. 
Um, our theme is bench to bedside. So we support the doctors at the Brain Tumor Research Center and then the oncologists at, at the hospital. And um, I think over the years, because we've been able to raise over $6 million for pediatric brain tumor research, have put it on the map. And, and at these hugs, the doctors um, and our team will let the kids shine. Because I always say Megan and myself are one in the circle. And we fill the stage with the kids, speaking of impact, who would not have been here without us and our efforts. And the power of that is they stand with their families. And the only sign they want to say and share is thank you for my life. And um, it, it, it still gives me goosebumps. I'm, I'm always one that says, bring the children, let them stand. United. We are only as strong, really, as the team and the people that stand beside us. Um, this has never been a memorial for Megan. It's been a global vision from day one. Every children's hospital in the world is getting ready for a hug. Every school can receive a hug, community centers. And, you know, with what's going on in the world right now, um, how sad. It would be if we didn't have hope, if we didn't push forward. I was told in the beginning it was way too big of a feat and a, and a vision. Um, but collectively, when we put our hearts and minds to action, nothing is impossible. When we stand united, we can make change. And it can only happen when people's visions are shared, brought to light, and um, and I've always said, if you dream big enough, something within that sphere will come to fruition. And um, and Megan Babinet Foundation um, is uh, an organization that really embraces all children and their families and their communities. And the impact now globally is because we said yes to doing something. Uh, of course, it doesn't bring Megan back to me. But um, as a teacher, as a mom, as a human being, how can I say no to giving these families this opportunity to celebrate their children and to give the doctors the opportunity to collect with, with um, minds of, 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 from all over the world um, that, that want to put the seriousness of brain tumors on the map and work collaboratively together? And we are a, a good news story. Um, of something that has happened because we put our shoulder to the wheel and we included everybody that would be um, an important part in this circle of hope. And I do believe everyone comes to this earth with their gifts. Um, and volunteerism is a precious gift in itself. And if the more we share our gifts with those that need us, not only do they benefit, we benefit because we're sharing what we've come to the earth to, to live. And and embracing others, I think, is a, a gift onto itself. So um, I'm really excited about about the impact of um, of what we've done. We our our school program right now. I'm I'm proud to say that one of the kids um, that was in our hug in the very beginning, she never knew anybody that had a brain tumor, but she was so impacted by how it changed her life that she's now running our school program. And um, here in my office, I, I humbly say, I, we, have, we have boxes 
of letters and cards and pictures from kids from all over the world, from teachers, from artists, from doctors, from the countries I mentioned, just saying thanks and testimonials of what's happened in their lives from this human hug. Um, and, And I just think, you know, those are worth gold because these are people who are able to stand with their families that would not have had their children with them unless we stood up and said, let's do something to help those other Megans that are waiting. And, you know, I've, I've always said to the doctors, people think that people who lose children or people who lose anyone in their life grieve differently. Everybody grieves differently. This is how Denise chose to to celebrate or grieve the life of her child. And I remember a doctor saying to me, when you lose a child, it's the Tyrannosaurus Rex in a human experience of all the different things that have happened in one's life. And people do not deal with it differently. I challenge that. It just looks like they deal with it differently. They're looking for a way to continue on and to celebrate their lives. And there are other children that are extremely important. I mean, life's a gift. And I think that's the the essence, the gift of what Megan's Hug gives to people is never to take a day or anybody in your life for granted. As you stand united with those that you love, you remember that it's precious and probably better that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But what we do know today is we can do everything that we can, not to sound hokey, but just as a reality to embrace our loved ones and our gifts. And life itself is just so precious that I think when we stop and really think that we can do an awful lot to help those that are vulnerable and suffer, and especially our children who really are our greatest gifts, then we will see big change. We are seeing big change in our world because of a little seed that started here um, in Toronto. Um, And that seed is love and hope. And Megan would say, I'm one in the circle. It's not about me. It's it's about humanity. Um, The greatest, uh, one of the greatest, when you say impact, I just opened a card, a season's greeting card. And this person over in Germany had one child and he had a really hard time carrying on. So he went back home after he lost his daughter. And he decided to tell me everything that's happening now in his community because of Megan's Hug, Megan Bebenek Foundation. And he said, what I want to thank you for is that it reminded me of what it truly is humanity at its finest. That was the term that he used for all of us, for our human hug, is that it's humanity at its finest. Stay ahead of the game with our expert tips and strategies that will help your business thrive in a digital era. Canada'spodcast.com subscribe now. How can people who are listening to this, who I don't know how they would not be moved by your story and not be not want to get involved because you are very passionate about this and it is an incredibly um, important, you're doing incredibly important work with this foundation. How can people get involved 
or what can they do when they listen to this? So um, MeganBevanekFoundation.org gives lots of, of information about our programs and um, what we are doing, uh, what we have done, what we're doing presently, our impact. Um, they can follow us on social. And um, we have, as I say, the various teams where people who have time and opportunity can come and help out as a volunteer. Um, I'm very grateful and um, and very um, adamant that, again, not only are you only as strong as who stands beside you, but one of the critical people that stands beside you are your partners, um, financial partners. Um, we don't have a lot of hired staff, um, but we are getting there. We're, we're, we're onboarding more people in areas of operations and communications. Um, we've developed a very strong, magnificent board of directors. And um, we are starting to onboard people who, um, you know, it's a great, a good problem to have is we need help. And so we've been applying for grants and and uh, business sponsorship opportunities. And I do believe there's so many companies um, and, and people out there, Celine, who um, can give back, who do have the funds, who do have the opportunity. And from some of our partners who have joined us, there have been many um, from uh, companies to banks, to independent family foundations. Um, once they get an idea, as you say, of the impact and that we indeed are changing the landscape for children with brain tumors um, and the ramifications we need to remember of any research in childhood cancer are huge. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so the, the, there is great gains to be made in signing up with us. Um, so I think there's still a lot of opportunities for now, because now we have our own um, foundation. Um, there are a few new family foundations that are really proud that have joined hands. And um, as we now grow across Canada, which we are starting to do and down into the States and over into Europe and different parts of the world. Um, of course, we can't run on love forever with these volunteers, even though it's remarkable. I, again, I humbly say for this organization to not only get louder and stronger, but truly save children's lives um, over a 22-year span. The lifespan usually of any event is usually five, six years. But again, this is because Everybody needs this hug right now. And, and again, I humbly say that, not just these children. Um, and so uh, there's, there's just, there's lots of opportunities to celebrate. There's communities that I've heard back from, from across our country and um, a few down into the States that at Christmas time, at Hanukkah, through, through uh, this celebration of holiday time, uh, our fundraising, and doing their own hugs in their offices, um, in their churches, in their synagogues. Like it's remarkable the power of this human spirit and how it's translated to different opportunities. So in answer to your question, I think people can take a look at what they can do in their own world, in their own community to um, support us. And I can tell you that the gifts that people have told me come back from their spirit day or their their hug at a corporate level, not just in a school, 
Um, we were just at a, a brain tumor research summit in Northern Ontario. Doctors flew in from all around the world. And we uh, launched a campaign, I'm a Hugger campaign. And th their doctors, researchers, um, lab assistants, MD students, and 108 people stood united wearing I'm a Hugger shirt from different parts of the world. Um, and um, they, it was pretty impactful because they realized that in their own world and families and communities and workshops and companies, um, they can emanate that that hug and bring it back to their um, city, country. Yeah. So I guess I encourage people just to think about maybe what they can do to support um, Megan Bebenek Foundation. And um, thank you for that, Denise. And and there will be a link to the Megan Bebenek Foundation in the show notes for the episode. And if you're listening, I'm going to spell it quickly. It's M-E-A-G-A-N-B-E-B-E-N-E-K foundation.org. Uh, please go take a look at it and see how you can get involved. Um, and what you can do to bring a hug into your world in some way, shape or form and bring more love into the world in general. Denise, thank you very much for taking the time to share your story and the impact that you are having on the world. It's very inspiring. And I can't thank you enough for doing that today. Well, it's been an honor and, and pleasure to, to meet you and, and speak with you, um, Celine. And thank you, as I said, when we first met for uh, helping us share our story. It's people like you really that, that um, take the time to learn and listen and then you in sharing, you know, you're also someone that's making this world a, a better place. So thank you for that. That's incredibly kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. And for those who are listening or watching, thank you for listening to Canada's podcast. Like, comment and subscribe to all our channels to get the latest podcasts from entrepreneurs across Canada.